OPN Ask an Angel podcasts are conversations with global angel investors and venture capitalists. We explore how to invest, understanding investment strategies, and approaches to due diligence. Join us and learn what it takes to be a startup or what it takes to invest in the next great company. Gary, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us today at uh, Ask an Angel, which we may change the name because we've been interviewing DCs and everybody yeah. <laughs> investing in early stage companies. So who knows, maybe it's just going to be ask a money person. I don't know, but uh, we're looking at doing something there with uh, Carrie. Thank you very much for joining us today. Very excited. Um, I, I can disclose that um, you're actually part of our fund and you were just on a panel with us, which is even more amazing. So, and you're a full-time uh, working with startups all over the world. I think it's brilliant. Kudos, but Besides that, I want you to jump into your background, what you guys have been up to, what you're doing now, and then give us a, little, uh, a breakdown of that. And then one thing about you that nobody would know that I think would be fascinating for us to, to hear about. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I guess I'll just start with uh, our journey with um, investing in, in startups. Um, we, my husband and I are business partners and life partners, and uh, we have three kids, a six-year-old, 10-year-old, and 13-year-old. Um, on the side, well, half of my time actually goes to homeschooling them as well. So I do this angel investing and I um, educate our children too. So very oh, yeah. important job. <laughs> um, and then, but, but really we started with angel investing through a path of entrepreneurship. And um, we found both of us made our way through corporate America, my husband through biotech, and um, I was kind of through management and operations and got my degree as an MBA and um, really understood, I would say a generalist of business um, and got, you know, had many uh, positions throughout corporate America. So I understand many of the parts of a company. Um, and then we both decided that, you know, I, I was tired as a manager and director of giving orders to people that I didn't believe in. And that's what moved us into entrepreneurship. And um, I didn't want to fire people. I didn't want to fire anymore. And I didn't want to, uh, you know, make people follow a rule that I didn't believe in. And so um, we are very um, purpose oriented. And so that's important to us, you know, knowing that we are doing what we believe and, um, <clears throat> making sure that the people around us are, are benefiting from that as well. So we have also lived in China and we right now split between Panama and San Diego, California. So Panama city, Panama and San Diego and California. Um, and, um, I would say that we're, we're just explorers of life. Uh, and even in my investing, I, you know, many people focus on their expertise. And instead, what I like to focus on is more who's making the world better in whatever industry they're in. And so um, that's kind of been, I mean, I've kind of gone all over the place, but that's really been our journey is learning through our own businesses that we've opened throughout our paths in life. And usually it's a, um, a local business. Like I started a small uh, Montessori kindergarten in uh, China. Um, and then uh, in Panama, we have a permaculture forest uh, and farm. So a very various, you know, basically finding a, um, a community need or a niche and fulfilling it. 
And then we figured out, well, we have some, some uh, savings, let's start investing. And that was about um, maybe 10 years ago, we started really looking at that and, and realized, wow, we can really help and be of an influence to other startups because we just love that um, environment. So I guess that's a roundabout who I am and what we've been doing and what we've been up to. Brilliant. And one thing about you that nobody would know. Oh, yeah. One thing about me that nobody would know. Oh, let's see. Oh, wow. Um, I kind of am an open book. I'll tell you that. But one thing most people don't know, maybe I was born in Sicily, in Messina, Sicily. Um, and, you know, my parents were just there for a little bit, so I'm not Italian. I'm, I'm from the U.S. Uh, and I absolutely, let's see, what, what is one thing I absolutely I love, um, I love fermented foods. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. I, I haven't heard that one yet. So that's that. <laughs> People will remember that. Uh, they may remember the Sicily part too, because that's fascinating, even if it was a short stint. So does that mean you have full citizenship in Sicily? No, I never got that. So unfortunately. Uh, okay. I wonder if you could get that because you were born there. They were just like, no, you guys are travelers. You're not allowed to have it. I think there's a, I think there is a way, but I just have never spent the energy. <laughs> I should. Well, I do know that from my travels going through uh, Europe that um, in that, in that specific country, they do tend to like to allow people to come in. Even if you don't have passports or don't have anything, they're pretty easy going. They're like, yo, come in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I do have a funny story from that. I was crossing the border, uh, going into Italy, and uh, I get to the front, and I actually was traveling with a buddy this time. I don't rarely travel with people when I'm backpacking away every year, but uh, I was traveling with him, and I walk up to the, the gate, and the guy looks at me, and I'm like, what the hell, man? He's like, oh. So I walked up, and I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, just go, man. So I walk right in. And I'm traveling around. I'm thinking in my head, I probably, I've never had this happen before. Why did this guy just let me in the country? So I didn't think anything of it. But then when I went to the next country, uh, I think it was uh, Switzerland, I go across and the guy looks at me. He's like, where are you coming? Oh, man. And he starts getting all mad. Oh, what the hell? Oh, and I was like, what? He's like, let me guess. Where do you come from? And I'm like, uh, and he's like, France? No, no, no. Italy. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? He's like, those guys, they let everybody in the country. They don't tell anybody who comes in. He goes, now it screws me up. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, I can't tell you that you were here because then the next country will ask where you came in. He goes, it doesn't work. So you go. <laughs> so I'm like, what? He's like, just go. So I go in and I walk past the gate. I'm like, this doesn't sound right, man. Like now I'm in two countries and no one knows I'm here. So I knock on the door. I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, yes, man, just go. So I, <laughs> I went in. So basically I was traveling through Europe for, I was like four weeks in and no one even knew I was in Europe because I was not checked in. I was not on the computer system, nothing. So oh, wow. it was pretty funny. So uh, uh, not sure how that fits in very well with your story, but uh, either way, I know you were probably there a while ago and uh, now yeah. you're like, hey man, I could go get my visa, no problem. They'll just let me have them, so. Thanks for the tip. Now I know. <laughs> there you go. You're in. Um, so I, one thing I did want to, well, there's a bunch of things I wanted to talk to, but 
one thing that one thing that really stands out and which is what I really liked about you guys when I first met you and it's kind of carried through and this goes right into your whole philosophy with startups and that was that even when we first talked it came across right away you guys said we only want to invest in companies that are making a, the world a better place and, and maybe it wasn't that exact term at the time it was we want to work with companies that um, are eco-friendly they're uh, making things that are fixing, changing the world. And mm -hmm. even today in that, you know, a couple months later, you guys are still stuck with that philosophy for 10 years, but obviously in the conversations we're having. And when you mentioned that and you talk about the purpose oriented, can you give us a little bit more understanding of what brings this to mind and what made you think, you know what, it's not about money anymore. It's not about these other things. And what has that done for the types of companies you're investing in? And what has that done with your relationship with the founders of those companies? Well, I mean, it's, I mean, obviously it comes from um, who you are as a person, right? And what, what is important to you and what is important as a character. Um, I'm a Baha'i by religion and the basic, um, basic teaching is unity. So being raised a Baha'i and knowing that um, unity is actually the essential element in everything and nothing can work without it. Um, and so with that base, um, also understanding that, you know, I remember as a young adult, people would say something like, oh, it's business. Don't take it personally. It's, you know, there's no, uh, uh, no reason to feel bad. And it never resonated with me because it is, it's personal, you know, like what we do, what we do, whether we're working for a company and it's our career or it's, it's just our job or whatever it is, or if we're creating a product or service, it's a creation of ourselves. And so for us, when you create a startup or you create a venture or you, you are a manager, what you are serving to the world or what you are giving is, is you. And so we believe it's super important that whatever you put out in the world is aligned with um, sustainability. And sustainability is not just a green planet. You know, many people have gotten used to that term with um, environmental movements and things, but sustainability is much bigger than that. It's it's environmental, of course, that is, we can't live on a planet that's not taken care of. Um, it's also community. It's making sure that the people around you or your business, your factory, or your, your, um, the families of your employees and your employees itself um, are all healthy and taken care of in, in, in all the ways, facets of life. Um, an essential part of business is that it's sustainable economically. And so, um, we went through a phase of liking not-for-profits and, and really wanting to start a not-for-profit and, and then really realized that many non-for-profits have their wonderful ventures and wonderful causes, but a lot of times there's so much administrative cost that it's not sustainable or it can't stay without, you know, asking for money or getting people to donate. And some are very successful at it and others aren't. And so what we figured out right around the time where social impact and social entrepreneurship started to become a, a word or a terminology was that really business is social entrepreneurship. Business is a channel for us to actually make life better, make the world better by being sustainable, by making sure that first of all, I am aligned with my purpose. 
and I am doing something that I truly believe in and am passionate about and, and know that what I give to the world is going to be important. And also then knowing that whatever I'm doing, I'm not stepping on others and I'm not, you know, obviously there's, you know, there's always negotiation. There's always, you know, agreements that have to be made. And some people don't win negotiations. Some people don't do that, but when you're in a negotiation, you can't just think of it as your own side. You have to make sure that, you know, the, the producer of your product, the manufacturer is making enough to continue. Otherwise you're going to have to find another manufacturer. And what's that doing to you? You know, so that's exactly total balance. And so, so that's, that's a, a basic understanding of, of that making life better. I mean, it sounds so, you know, fluffy and happy and I just want to make the world better, but it's truly through business. I believe that's, that's absolutely essential. That business is a lifeblood of society and without it and without it being sustainable, there is no way that we're going to make things better. So you're right. It is very fluffy, but <laughs> it's actually real. Uh, and I wholeheartedly agree with you on everything you just said, like, and I, if I, I don't know, if I had a like button, I'd just like, 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 because it's so true that uh, a lot of the times it, people feel that they get the uh, kicks out of grinding someone down to the cheapest point possible, but they don't realize is that that business has to be run efficiently and effectively. And I guess at any point in time, that's their job to, to manage what they're okay with, but delivering. But when it comes to startups, it, over... Uh, the 15 years that I've run companies, the biggest problem was that they would grind me down. And uh, I don't know when it was, but it was probably a, a few years in, I started telling people that, you know, if you want to be successful in life, you need to draw a line and you need mm -hmm. to create what that line is going to be. And yes. don't cross the line because as soon as you cross that line, um, you throw away everything that you've built and mm -hmm. crossing that line isn't needed. I don't care how dire you need to sail. Eventually people will respect you for the value that you bring. And I think you really tied that in nicely with um, the sustainable side. And I, and I think um, I had a realization because of what you said. And the realization is that maybe you can define what sustainability means. Because mm -hmm. I don't think people understand what that word is. It's a coined phrase that mm -hmm. everybody says. But I don't think people actually know what sustainability means. And you were defining a little bit through your, what you were telling me. But maybe mm -hmm. you should define that first because that's what makes the difference in this whole conversation. Yeah. So sustainability is being sustainable in people. So sustainable with the people around you, making sure that um, whatever people, whether it's the community or your employees are um, healthy and in good shape. Then you have um, economics. So you have community, economics, environment, um, and uh, there's one more I'm forgetting now. <laughs> people, no, people, planet, and profits. That's it. So we, we've already thought this through many times and the acronym I just forgot, but it was three Ps. It was people, planet, and profits. That's the important part of sustainability. So it's like a three, three pillar uh, support system for sustainability. And that's brilliant. And I think that defining that actually allows startups or businesses to understand that being a non-for-profit, it still needs three Ps. Yeah. You still have to be able to sustain yourself. And I think a lot of the times is they don't realize that and they think, oh, I'm getting a tax break, but I need to write off all this expense and I need to jack the expenses up and give high payrolls. But they don't realize is that that's not sustainable, mm -hmm. that there's a breaking point in that system. 
And right. it's the same thing as I can't go out with my handout all the time looking for handouts when I'm not sustaining my level of business. Right. And I love the fact that when you're looking at a company, you are looking at how they can be sustainable. How can they grow? How can they maintain margins? How can they maintain profitability? How can they maintain sanity? How can they keep their teams healthy? And this falls back really strongly on uh, the way a lot of uh, German-based companies are structured and built. Mm -hmm. uh, Japanese companies as well, because they're in that model of the word Kuritsu, where they mm -hmm. support each other um, as groups. So one floats all boats kind of thing. They all help each other, invest in each other and grow. And then in the German world, they provide a lot of feedback into the, into the employees. So the employees become owners and valued in the business. So these wow. large decisions are what allow the business to grow and change. And really at the end of the day, and I know that um, they tried to bring this into the US and to other economies, but people fight back against it. Uh, but the Germans have actually one of the best right now GDPs surpluses in the world ever. And they, they literally have made so much money off of their exports that countries are going to them asking for money to say, hey, wait, you guys are making too much. Can you figure out how to give some away? And the Germans are saying, well, yeah, I guess we can help here, but give me a break. We've established ourselves as making sure that we take care of our clients, our people, our families. Um, and they've built a system around education, around mm -hmm. emotions. It's actually quite brilliant. It takes a lot of the stress out in order to sustain a business, but a state of country as well. So uh, there's a lot of learnings there. I could talk for days on it. We won't go into that. But I think what you're talking about is massively important and very huge, again, on that sustainability. And I think that falls right well versed into a startup and having them learn that from the beginning mm -hmm. so that when they do go out and they start to learn uh, how to work and manage in those contracts and, and signing deals, that they're going to find a value and it's not cutthroat or it's not giving your shirt away just so that you can fit into business. It's right. using the three P's. It's using that sustainability model to be able to set their goals and drive forward. So in right. saying that, do you work with these companies that you invest in in helping them deploy some of this uh, great knowledge to them to help them move forward? Yes. Um, so we invest in, in different kinds of companies, obviously, and there's, there's different stages that we invest in. Um, but when it's a seed or when it's specifically when it's a company that we're mainly the only investor or they're just starting out and they've come to us with an idea, um, with those, we usually have the most um, ability to affect them in this way because they're at the beginning, right? And so we tend to take them through something like a, a 10 week period. We have, we have some questions that we go through that, you know, find their massive um, transformative purpose. Like what is actually their purpose and how does this venture or this industry match that? Um, and then, you know, really mentoring because one of the biggest things in investing in startups, and you probably know this, is that you're investing in the founder, right? You're investing in the people. And um, we look at investing in people in the, in the companies kind of like a marriage, especially when it's us and them and not necessarily this big, you know, uh, a tranche that's going in and you have a lead investor and, and there's many small investors in there. Um, but when it's, when it's a, a, really a partnership, it's difficult to understand the person's character or the type of person they are in just a few meetings. And so this kind of mentoring that angels and that we like to do 
actually allows us to get to know the founder better and get to know how they work when things are tough, how they work when they don't know the answer. How do they work when, um, when they're wrong? How do they work? You know, those are all really important things about human characteristics. And, and uh, when we haven't done that due diligence of the founder, many times we've found ourselves stuck in the end in a few years or you know, with someone who we thought was mentorable or we thought was on a track that we believed was value-based or, or you know, um, had grit and, and they didn't. And so we, we've learned through our mistakes over the years of really that understanding the founder is very important in investing, um, especially at, this, at, the, at the early stages. You just gave me kind of this aha moment. Again, this is good. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the relationship side, one of the questions I always had for people was, uh, and, and I broke this down years ago in my head, like questions you would ask when you're on a first date. Yeah. And uh, I would say, what's the longest relationship you've had? And the person would be like, one year. And you're like, <laughs> what the hell? You can't even carry a long relationship. How is this going to ever last? So yeah. I, I kind of think that if you take that same kind of, and I would never ask these questions to someone, this was a discussion. I'm, <laughs> I'm not as personal as that. I wish I could. But um, what it comes out of it was that if you take that same um, ideology that you're talking to mm -hmm. is that if I say I ask that question, I know that they have a long-term initiative. Oh, I've been married or I've been dating for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. I can then equate that to the fact that they have staying power, that they have a way to keep correcting and shifting and building on that relationship. Mm -hmm. If they have a short term, that means that they have a short term goal build and maybe that's just how it's going to operate and move forward. So mm -hmm. if you take those two sides of the equation, what I think comes out of it is that if you're looking at this company from an investment standpoint and you see them as a short-term investment, meaning that they're going to sell in two, three years, and mm -hmm. that matches up to their relationship style, then you know that they're going to hustle hard to get that in and out and go quick. Take wow. the long term, they're going to mm -hmm. be a longer-term person because they're used to the comfort level. They're going to build and grow on it. So yeah, right. I think there's a fine balance in the two, but uh, that's how... Yeah, I overanalyzed this years ago. Now I'm pulling it out. I knew I analyzed this for some reason a long time ago. <laughs> so there we go. And I was trying to prove that theory a long time ago in one of these overanalyzed books that I'm going to one day write. But I swear to God, that would be a great test. And I think it would match up nicely. So awesome. um, <laughs> yeah, lots, of this, lots of things up in this head. So if we, if we go back to um, your... Uh, one part I want to touch on again is you really did a, uh, a phenomenal job on explaining this um, sustainability and purpose. And I think that makes a big difference in today's world. And we align with that because we feel the same way. We want to mm -hmm. invest in companies that are reducing their footprint, care about their teams. It's not about cutthroat. It's about growing and building. And obviously everybody wants that one sell or they're going to do those things. That's going to come in time, but we back it in short, mid and long-term investments. But if I go back to kind of your experience and how this carries through to the startup world, uh, you've got this great corporate America experience, which is probably that cutthroat side of things that you've learned, but you've massaged it into something that's more palatable for a startup, which is amazing. But there's something else that really defines your character. And uh, you're the first person I've got to ask this question to or interview about, and that's homeschooling. Mm -hmm. So because you're working with uh, your kids to work them through all these things, uh, one, are they all entrepreneurs? Like your six-year-old? I think I met him on the call one day and I thought it was, it was his birthday, I think. 
Um, <laughs> super cool, cute, cool kid. So that's a good thing. But are you training them as entrepreneurs? And what learning are you taking from that experience? Because 99% of the world doesn't get that experience. So how are you translating that into, again, how you work with startups? Because I think that's a great way to work on both sides. No, it is. Um, you'd be surprised at how how much they overlap. So um, I, I think it, my, our kids, unfortunately, are entrepreneurs without choice because that's just what they've experienced. Um, I don't think that's unfortunate. I think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So if they, year old kid's going to be running corporate America and pulling in a hundred billion dollars and you guys are going to be like, I don't know how this happened. He's 12. All right. Yeah. Go. You know, they've already, they've started their own website and you know, they're, they're, um, they're definitely have motivations on that side. Um, but to be honest, whenever I get it, I do a training for like mentoring or coaching or, or performance or whatever, I'm always looking at it as, okay, personal, of course, how can I be better? But then also as, as a mentor, as a coach, as a leader, as a, as a mom, as a parent, all of that is the same. So the tools I use to support the startups and help them to um, find their purpose and move on are the same tools I have to use for my children. And so um, the epiphany I had at one point, I was at some conference, uh, I don't know, three years ago or so. And, and I, and it was for performance. Like, I just was like, I really got to re reclaim my, my, my time and figure out how to do things better. And, you know, and in the middle of that conference, I realized, whoa, I am my kid's life coach, you know, cause I was surrounded by these life coaches that that wasn't my business, but it, I, I was hearing them talk and I was like, I have to see myself as my, as my child's life coach. I am their mentor. I am their coach. And it's not always easy, but, <laughs> but, you know, applying the same tools to them is super important. And I think, I think we forget that as adults, sometimes we see them as kids and we don't see them as um, other human beings. It's, it's easy because, you know, there's, there's so many stresses as parents, but, but yeah, so that's. It I, I must carry over though nicely because mm -hmm. just the stresses that the kids are going through from daily life and that mm -hmm. growing part how you can take that same information, same tools and relate that back to someone that's probably 20 years older yeah. and they're probably acting the same way. You probably don't want to admit this, but they probably are. And then you're kind of like, okay, well, how do I manage to this person's fit? They're a startup, they're panicking, they're doing all these things. And you're coming in as this calm, cool collective. Hey, it's okay. Let's try this. So have you thought about this? And they're like, I'm not your five-year-old kid, man. Stop teaching me like one. You're like, you know what? It's the only way to calm you down. So this is how I'm going to work you through this problem. Um, or it's the reverse way, right? It's taking what you've learned here and moved it back towards the kids. But I think that's phenomenal because, again, it's not something that we're all used to. Um, you know, you're, everybody gets into this panic mode. So they, when a problem hits, it's panic, panic, panic. So then they pivot wrong or they screw up. Whereas you can come in with that um, mentality that, hey, I manage this every day. It's yeah. not as bad as it is. Think of it this way or reanalyze it and help people refocus. Um, I think that's a great crossover and it would really benefit a startup un understanding that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it is. It's all, it's all growing, right? If we're all, it, once you understand that you're, you're always in the state of growth, always in the state of learning, that um, problems become a little less stressful.
it sounds like you guys really bring a lot to uh, a startup company. Like you really do bring a lot of value uh, when you guys make investments. So kudos. I think it's brilliant. Don't you. stop. <laughs> you either, because you do the same. And <laughs> hey, we keep trying. I'm learning like crazy here. I get these great interviews. I get to learn so much. I feel like <laughs> I I'm never going to sleep. I'm just going to keep taking all this information. Okay, I got to change this about me tomorrow. Before I'm going to work on this. <laughs> Uh, awesome. so the one last thing that I do want to jump into because, uh, and you mentioned a little bit of it. And again, I think this really carries into, um, this startup perspective is, um, utilizing your, uh, the unity term that, that you brought up, mm -hmm. uh, how do you emphasize that more in one of these startup companies? Like, like you said, it can't be the sixties flower girl trying to help somebody but how do you create that unity and, and that team and that aspect inside of that company? Like you said, you're getting them right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So they're brand new, maybe one or two people big. How do you kind of help them with that culture and that bringing that unity perspective in so that they can grow as a different style of company and not like that corporate America side of things, let mm -hmm. it happen years from now, but how do you kind of get them thinking a different trajectory so that, they can be more successful while they're being sustainable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I would say that the way we do it is we, we take them through some steps. Um, and the unity aspect of it is more understanding that, I, I'll back up a little bit, like the, the element of, of unity in an organization or unity in a um, group of people is that is not a communist type unity where everyone is the same, everyone's given the same, everyone's that. The unity is that when I walk into a, a building or an office, I see every human being that I see, whether it's a six-year-old or whether it's the, the janitor or whether it's the CEO or it's the, um, the person just walking in off the street that I see each of those people as having the same amount of worth, right? As a person, human dignity and the, the, the purpose of being, right? We all, and just like you were saying, you know, you have a short-time person, you have a short, you have a long-term person. There, it's not necessarily good or bad. We have so much in our heads for judgment. You know, like we, we, need, to, we need to know if this is good or bad. But in many cases, it's more of, Unity sometimes is finding the fit, you know, um, where does that energy fit? Where does that, um, that skill fit, you know? So um, when, we, when, we, when we meet a new startup group that is developing something, a lot of times we'll start with first, who are you? You know, what do you have? What do you bring to the table? What's your passion? What's your purpose? And then from that, we find what's missing, you know, like, okay, so what are you missing in this? You know, can you build that? Do you need to bring on another founder? Do you, does your other founder have that? You know, so, so that it starts with the founders being in a unified state and, and that it's not just in, you know, thought it's in, it's in practice. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and from that, you set up practices that allow you to continually be in that unity. Um, like 
setting up certain rules in consultation or in how decisions are made or, you know, not, not, not that every decision has to go through time because we know you have to act with speed, but you also have to act with, um, together, you know, you can't, you can't have people working in different directions. So, so that's how I would say we start. And then from there, you find your purpose, you make sure you're, you're solving a problem. You make sure that, you know, that problem that you're, the solution is, is affecting everything around you in, in a positive way. If it isn't, how can we change it? You know? So that I think that's, you can yeah. turn this into like a software or uh, a real matrix solution. I think this yeah. is good. And if you're not already doing it, uh, I would consider that you should look at this because this would be very helpful for a lot of founders to start off, right? Here's yeah. what you can work your channels through and this will yeah. provide you with more unity. What was coming into my head, I'm not sure if you've seen um, the show Sons of Anarchy, um, but uh, really good really good TV show. So it's mm -hmm. on Netflix, but I'll throw it on every once in a while just to kind of keep that storyline going that's not about business. It's but the learning that I got from it, that because you said this, I now get the learning from it, um, is that every time they made a decision, even though they're a biker gang, that the, the decision that they had to make, they would always bring everybody to the table. So mm -hmm. everybody that was invested in the business, which is not the rookies, but or uh, what the term is for the rookies, but um, everybody that was patched had to sit at the table. And then mm -hmm. they would make the choice. They would bring it up and you could have nayer say, but they always had to have, uh, the majority had to say yes, in order to move it forward. And I think that's the starting point for building that unity is that if all information shared and all decisions are, are equally shared, you're going to have a better value because more people will get behind you. Right. I learned something more again today. This is amazing. Carrie, we can <laughs> just do our own live podcast and we'll just keep talking. And uh, I feel like I'll just have a million epiphanies and this will be great. <laughs> We can have life lessons by JP. No. <laughs> yeah, this is good. This is good. Uh, all right. Well, now we're going to jump into the rapid fire questions because uh, I'm learning too much here and it's going to, uh, uh, I might not get into any questions. And I, I will say, oh, honestly, when I was going through, I'm like, oh my God, I haven't even had the questions brought up. I feel like this isn't even focused. Uh, I feel like we're just having a hangout conversation that's uh, really good. So, all right. We're going to do the startup questions because that's important. What are they? All right. So what's your favorite part of investing? I love being at the beginning of things. I love watching innovation and I love the, that startups are at the edge of industries. That's what I love. They're the change. They are the change. I like that. Okay. Um, how many companies do you invest in per year? Uh, I'd say average five to 10. Perfect. Uh, any verticals you like to focus on? I like anything that has to do or affects an SDG, but the three verticals I've loved in the last uh, year or so is ed tech, med tech, and agritech, because I think food, health, and education are changing and have to. So Awesome. Uh, do you have any due diligence requirements that you look for before you make a commitment? Anything major that you need to have in order to make that decision? Uh, we have a whole list. There's nothing that's like, I do like to see that the founders have put some money in. Um, I don't, I don't like investing in companies that haven't had any founder investment because I feel like they don't have skin in the game, but there are exceptions. There are times I, I will look, but 
think that's the only thing. Uh, maybe there are many things, but yeah, but that's one. Okay, timelines. How long does it take you from beginning of a conversation to investment? It uh, really depends. Um, but if if it's a brand new seed, early stage, it can take anywhere from 10 to three months, I would say, because we're really getting to know them and they're new. Um, it rarely would it take longer unless it just becomes a relationship. Um, the other would be like if, if I'm getting a startup that's actually going into a second round or something and they have a lead investor, I can look at the lead investor and see who they are. And that can help me make my decision a lot faster, like maybe within four to six weeks. So, yeah. Okay. Sometimes even earlier if I really like the lead investor. <laughs> Well, they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting, so that's not a bad yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anything that you like to focus on outside of uh, your typical DD information, like paperwork and documentation, is there anything else that you really want to emphasize on? Um, I like to know what their, um, I mean, back to this purpose thing, but I like to know what their purpose in life is and what their North Star is. You know, I want to know what they really want to attain in order for, um, to see how this aligns with that, because I think that's important. Uh, okay. Do you guys like to lead rounds? We, we, do, we have, um, and we do, but it really takes, I have to really be passionate about the, the, the space and I have to have the time to devote because I think being a lead investor, there's a big responsibility to it. And so I have to make sure I can, I can spend the time and really, help that that startup succeed so that would that all that has to be there okay uh, do you have preferred terms like pref shares common shares safes um most times i would think it's it most times it's been pref shares and safes um but been flexible with different you know startups that have different needs okay um uh, do you have any companies that you'd like to reference like you don't have, you can use the name, you don't have to use the name, but anything that you would like to say, I love these guys, check them out. Um, ah, there's so many I've seen lately. Uh, I, I just, just, there's so much out there. I can't think of a name right now. Um, or one that you've invested in that you really like. Yes. Uh, um, Blockable is a company that's, um, they're, they're making, they're a new way of building buildings. Uh, density is a way of um, uh, identifying space within a building. Um, so those are two really cool ones that I've liked. And health, health intelligence. Oh, sorry, heart health intelligence. I invested in them, and I, I always get their name wrong. Heart health intelligence. It's all about bio, um, your knowing how your body is doing um, with you know digitally. So okay, yeah, awesome. I like ones. it. Uh, do you guys do follow-up investments and or take board seats? Yes, to both. Um, uh, board seats, it really, uh, I, I'd like to be on ones that I have something to contribute. You know, like if there's, uh, if there's something that I'm passionate about and that I have the time to devote, because I think that's also another very important responsibility of investors is giving that mentorship and advisory. So. I agree. Okay, well, I think that's going to end our rapid fire questions. Uh, the other ones are too long. They're not really rapid fire. So those are rapid fire uh, or more rapid fire. So the next question I have, and we are coming near the, the end. We're going to get personal for a second, but just before we do, um, I always like to ask around the question of, is there a company or um, 
an experience you've had with uh, a founder that really changed the way you look at entrepreneurship. Um, it could be that the founder was struggling, found their North Star, and then just started rocking it, or it was reversed. They decided to fail it. Like, I've had some crazy stories that were really emotional ones and other ones that were just really exciting. So mm -hmm. the spectrum is open, but it's uh, anything that comes to mind that you're like, this is just a great story. I got to share it. You know, unfortunately, the ones that come to mind are the ones that I learned hard, uh, hard things with. Like, yeah, those are good. So, um, I, you know, there was one startup that we invested in that we just loved the founders, like really was like, I just want them to succeed because I like them as people. Yep. And, um, it was in the beginning, I would say of our investing experience. And we, um, we invested and didn't have enough, maybe milestones in place and ended up, I think, just for a few years paying their salary, you know, and, and made them employees really. And, and I, and so that, that experience to me, um, helped me understand, no, there's much more to this than just giving someone a check, you know? So I think that's, that's probably one of the things that's helped us really pivot into this purpose and this mentorship and this advising is that, it's not just about, Hey, I've got some money and I, and I think you're great. And that's, let's move. No, there's a system that, you know, we both have to adopt and, and this is, you know, it's important. It's super important. So yeah, I would experience, say that experience really talks here then, right. That mm -hmm. as you, uh, as a founder or as an investor experience really comes into the picture because yeah. uh, you learn from your mistakes, but you grow and, and you build products, you build something new because of it. And hopefully mm -hmm. they learn something as well from the experience, but it sounds like it's really um, uh, that experiential side that really made a difference. Yeah. 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 So very cool. All right. So now we're going to go a little bit personal. All and, right. Uh, I only started this personal side, like maybe, maybe I think 10 interviews ago. And it was <laughs> because there was a company that came through our skip the line and they were awesome. And I listened to their podcast and I was really a big fan of their podcast, Sportscast. And uh, they started at the end, they asked some personal questions. So I'm like, I should do this. I'm never personal. I need to be more personal. So um, except for obviously one thing about you that we wouldn't know. So now the next question is, what is your favorite sports team? Oh, well, I'm not into sports. <laughs> Which is fine, but you have to have a sports team that you like okay. or remember or a, a sport so that you might like. When I was a teenager... Um, I remember loving the 49ers, but, uh, and then, oh, wait, I did, I did have some Vancouver friends. And so I really liked the Canucks. I remember that. So, so again, those are two teams I can remember in my experience, but really I don't follow uh, professional sports. <laughs> That's okay. It, it, uh, it's a way I find it's always just like the unique thing. It's always a way to find a connection with somebody, right? So they'll yeah. remember that because it's more vivid for some reason. So they'll be like, yeah. I heard you like Vancouver Canucks. And you're going to be like, well, <laughs> kind of, but oh, wait, yeah. And then you'll have this good joke or whatever. But I like that. So that's a good, that's good. Um, all right. Your favorite movie? Oh. And what character would you play in the movie? Oh, my gosh. Wow. I have so many favorite movies. <laughs> um, I love, uh, let me think, which would be my favorite? 
Well, if it's like on the, so I love Star Wars. I love the whole Star Wars. Uh, um, and I think, I mean, oh, I would be Ray. Is it Ray? Is she the character, the, the last one? Last one, yeah. Yep. Right, yes. That's who I would be in that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You're going more new Star Wars, not old Star yes, Wars. Yes, 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 yes. Even though the but new I love Star it all. Wars is like the first shows that are supposed to be the beginning of the other ones. So, exactly, exactly. All right. I like it. No, yeah. that's, a, that's a great character. Um, <laughs> and the reason why I like asking that question is because it kind of helps you define where the type of personality and the type of action role that you would play in that yeah. movie. So I, I've had some really interesting ones uh, uh, in asking that question. So that's why I'm a big fan of it. So uh, that's but, great. Yeah, I, I never, I had never thought about that in my life. So it was interesting that I came to that conclusion so quickly. <laughs> there was another investor that, that uh, a big fan of too out of, out of the U.S. And, and he picked Star Wars, um, but he he picked Yoda, and I was like, Yoda. <laughs> I like, love Yoda. Yeah, Yoda's huge. I love Yoda. And he, and he went on to the, and you can see the reasons why and everything like that. But I'm like, you kind of feel more like a Lando, and he was like, yeah, yeah, but I'm a Yoda, and I was like, yes. <laughs> You're a Yoda. I like it. I love it. Uh, it was, uh, it's very good. So very personal. I enjoyed that. Thank you very much again, Karen, for your time today. I uh, yeah. really enjoyed the conversation. As I always say, I took a lot of notes. I learned lots. Um, okay. And uh, w the way we like to end our, our, uh, our show is that we like to leave you with the last word. And what that means is that anything you want to share with a startup or anything you want to share to investors, I leave that for you to share. Um, so take it over. It's all yours. Um, all right, you startups out there. Uh, I would say one of the most important things to be sure you are doing is solving a problem that is actually, the, and the solution is wanted. So many times we create a solution without really thinking about what it's answering or what it's solving in the world and without testing it. So make sure you test that solution that you've created before you spend too much time and money on creating it. So that's my tip for the day. <laughs> awesome. That was brilliant. I like it. And I second the motion, double like, it was good. Awesome. Uh, Carrie, you're a rock star. I'm glad you we got to learn more about you. That's phenomenal. Uh, we're going to let you know when this goes live. But okay, again, great. thank you for your time. Everybody's right. going to like this. And um, we will connect and chat shortly. But yes. thank you again for your time. Thanks, JP. Have a great night. Have a great day. Right. Okay, that was brilliant. Um, Carrie's awesome. Really like the, the philosophy that, that she has and what they bring. Uh, like how they work with companies from the beginning right on from... Uh, early stage, helping them figure out that unity, grooming them a little bit, if you will, um, and understanding the sustainability, the health of their team and building all those aspects out. I think it's brilliant. It's really a great way to start fresh and new. Um, big fans of, uh, of, of utilizing those three Ps and understanding, again, the modular and how that's going to build out and how your company can sustain itself. Um, big fan of, uh, of their whole purpose in life and how they're helping companies figure out where they need to go and that they're sustainable. So brilliant to all of that. Um, she mentioned some great parts around the MVP style and making sure that you're building something that solves a real problem and how that can work. Again, something that we as startups, everybody needs to focus on. So lots of great lines. She shared a lot of great detail. Find your North Star and figure out how you're going to get there and share that journey along the way. Have some grit and uh, build short and long-term plans.
All right. Enjoy your day, guys. Thank you.